Thank you for joining the Catholic Gen X podcast, where parachute pants are making a comeback. <laughs> yes. Or maybe for some, they're going out of style. <laughs> With us is Father Peter. Hello. Our counselor extraordinaire, Tom. Extraordinaire. And I am Dr. John. It's good being with you. We have a lot of interesting topics. I, to talk I got about to interrupt. <laughs> yes, we all have doctors. We can call you Dr. Tom. Uh, proceed. I thought we covered this, so I can order podcasts. Or we Esquire. did. You're poking the bear. <laughs> but when Father Peter and I talked about the podcast and said about uh, what do we have in common? We're we're Catholic. We're men, and we all have a doctorate in something, and he thought that might be too pretentious. Tom. Right. So I'm the only one who's wanted to be pretentious. If, if it's too pretentious for me, it's way well, too that, pretentious. That's true. <laughs> for the record, I I wanted the title of this to be a lawyer, a therapist, and a priest walk into a bar. I think that's pretty good, but that could get kind of blue, though, as far as maybe some jokes or who knows right. what uh, kind of blind People will write their own punchline for that. No, I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, good being with all of you. We had a bit of a break as far as uh, liturgically. We had some things going on. We had Advent, Christmas. Christmas. Now we're back to green. Yeah. No, we we recorded during Advent. Oh, we did, didn't we? Because yeah. I specifically remember you uh, criticizing his Santa Claus fetish. That's right. That's right. Now, that wasn't on the podcast. But... Fetish sounds a little perverse to <laughs> Well, I couldn't think of another word for it. Fascination. Yeah. Fascination, Fascination, yeah, with like red, red suits. Yeah, that, that's just stylish. But you had the big. Didn't you have a big one on your roof? Yes. yes. <laughs> then he makes Pat, then he makes his son <laughs> climb up there. That's right. Well, place. but when I'm standing on the ground, I can see him better. Than direct him. <laughs> like we're to bungee cord him to the roof. It's, it's just like I can see. It's just like Christmas vacation. We well, want a house. You can be proud of, don't you, Russ? <laughs> That's right. Well, and and the sad thing is that uh, Santa and the Christmas lights just came off the roof yesterday. <sighs> And for our listeners, uh, we're recording January 19th, 2022. <laughs> well, you, you waited for Epiphany. Our late pastor uh, used to run in our neighborhood. Well, he's still alive. He's right. our former he pastor. Former, not late. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. And uh, he would harass me because we had a heavy snow that whole winter, and Santa was still on the roof of the lights in February. So, I mean, Santa can come more than just December. I mean, he can bring You know, Valentine's in Germany, Day. he comes in early December. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are places where he comes in mid-February. Well, I mean, as, as he probably should. I still see many uh, houses with Christmas lights yep. on now, Yep. Christmas trees up. And, you know, some parts of the world, you just call those party lights in July, right? Just keep mm-hmm. them up long enough. That's right. Well, glad to be with you today. Uh, Tom had a special topic today. You want to cover? Well, that's putting it a little strong. Um, but I – so every morning I get up and do a reading, kind of the, Catholic, the Bible in a year. I can't do just one, so I – read ahead. But recently, I've in reading the Gospels, I've had a thought that Jesus often criticized the Pharisees for all the rules. Are we right back there? I mean, wasn't Jesus' message kind of be a good guy? Unbelievable. So I... I, I Go on. So did, does the church have too many rules? Prove, prove me I'm wrong, but have, have we not kind of gotten back to there where where we've got a lot of a lot of rules well i think i think that's a there's a lot there tom but i think one common misconception is like 
the early church was loosey-goosey, and now we have all these rules. And in the book of Acts, a couple was struck dead by God by not giving their tithe to the local church. Are you saying that to help increase collections at your parish? I'm not saying that will happen. If <laughs> You're you not threatening, it's actually God, right? Right. Yeah. But I think like like there were rules from the very beginning. And I think so I think the other thing then is what is Christ actually criticizing in the gospels? And what I think the common theme is he's criticizing the Pharisees typically who had a tendency to place rules above humans. And uh so, you know, uh the the parable of the uh, of the good samaritan right so you, you the priest and the levite walk on by the person laying in the ditch but the samaritan comes and tends to them uh in other words give up your ritual purity if it means saving somebody's life does that make sense mm-hmm. okay tom so let's imagine a lot of things within the church change and you're elected as pope no, you're allowed not. to have a wife, but I mean, my understanding that could happen, correct? Uh, no, because you have to be ordained, eligible to be ordained a bishop. Okay, you could be a layman, but you have to be eligible to be ordained a bishop. So you you have to either be single or widowed. So what is your plan Again, for universal church? All these man-made rules holding me down. <laughs> so what's your first thing you're going to change? I didn't say I was going to change yeah, what, anything. What rules don't you like? No, I didn't say I was going to change anything. I just said it had me thinking about this. Uh, you've kind of mentioned but, this a bit on our earlier well, podcast, too. So another podcast I listen to, when they have guests on, they ask them questions at the end. And one of the questions is, what's the best advice you've ever been given? And one guy said, the best advice I was ever given, I'm going to PG this up. He said, the best career advice is show up every day and don't be a jerk. Okay. And I thought, that is really pretty good advice. You and I both have teenage sons. We do. And I think we would agree that that's not bad advice for a teenage boy. Show up every day and don't be a jerk. And sometimes that's kind of what Jesus was saying, right? Just Yeah. What is the first commandment? Love, your, love God with all your mind and heart and strength. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you could, you're saying you could have just said more simply, just don't be a jerk and show up. Yeah. Well, we'll do with the blasphemy later. But uh, <laughs> so, what is what is the concern with rules? What do you think is that holding yeah. people back, or like, do you think people don't participate in the Catholic Church because of the rules? No, it's not that. It's just that was a constant criticism of Jesus in the Gospel, and, and I just wonder sometimes: Have we, over the course of 2,000 plus years, have we continued to add rules and, and, and we've got back there. So do you and your wife have any sense of like spoken or written or any kind of rules or expectations? John, I don't think this is the right podcast. This isn't a therapy session, but I mean, you know, I think our, our listeners are curious or maybe not. They're frightened. But... Um, so, I mean, do you have some, like, you know, certain kind of expectations or norms or rules in your marriage? Oh, for sure. And, and to be clear, I'm not necessarily saying that. I feel very the, attacked. The, <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's because you're, 
I just wonder, have we have have we come full circle? Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. This kind of like I, I said before we started, the that meme where the guy is set up in the park and he has the convince me I'm wrong. Convince me I'm wrong. I, I that's strong because I'm not saying that that's necessarily my opinion, but I I don't think the image of Christ as the hippie rebel is an accurate image of Christ. Um, we have, other than a couple of instances of him healing on the Sabbath, we don't have any record in the gospel of him ignoring uh, <clears throat> large parts of Jewish law. And uh, when he did break the Sabbath, we just had this in the daily reading or yesterday mm -hmm. uh, for mass. Uh, he said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, mm -hmm. right? Like, so it's his prerogative to break the rule, not necessarily giving permission for everybody to ignore the Sabbath. So I'm not still very clear in your position, Tom. Well, I mean, we've got all these things, we've indulgences and, um, I mean, there are lots of examples, and I, I just wonder, are these things through the years that if Jesus were here today, would he criticize and say, you have all these rules? And I, I don't know. What do you think he would say? I don't know. It's a topic for discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling very attacked right now. Unbelievable. <laughs> so some of this is where is your argument that, well, first of all, you're saying really what's God's will? It's kind of the one question of where God probably wouldn't say that. He would say, you don't really know what he's going to say, which is kind of an easy defense. But it's saying it wouldn't be this. Um, but the other part that I wonder is, is where, I mean, so seemingly you and your wife, you and your kids have different kinds of rules. Um, you could probably argue are some of those rules good or some not or maybe some even neutral. But I think it's kind of a question of where in the church what are the rules oriented to? Mm -hmm. Or what are they for? Now, if that's kind of where, if we're just like pulling the pin here on the grenade and just going to let us kind of figure this out, or you actually have yeah, something. Well, that's kind of what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Inflammatory speech is kind of my special. Well, it's part of the rhetoric of being an attorney. I mean, canon law says that all law is oriented toward the salvation of souls. And so the, all the rules of the Catholic Church are ideally about helping us get to heaven and pointing out to us things that are unhelpful for salvation. And so um, I think that's an important piece to remember when we talk about the rules, whatever those may be, but um, that if they are actual church rules, they are designed to facilitate our salvation, our salvation, excuse me. Tom. So, so being devil's advocate with the Pharisees, have I not said just the devil <laughs> Would the Pharisees have not said the same thing. Yeah. I think, uh, at some level they probably would have, I think the problem is, there's the law of Moses, and then there's the law of the Pharisees. And so uh, Jewish law at the time of Christ took 
the commandments of Moses and the Pentateuch, right? The, the first books of the scripture that were written down. Uh, and then Drew, like said, we can't break this law. So in order to prevent that, we have to draw a barrier around it. And that will prevent us from breaking the actual command. We won't break this next degree law. And then sometimes there was another law kind of wrapped around that to prevent. So you had layers upon layers of law by the time you got to Christ rather than just the commandments. And I think the church has learned from those mistakes, and we don't typically have layers upon layers of laws. We have very kind of direct, like go to Mass on Sunday. There's not like three laws wrapped around that. So Jesus is talking about the significance of the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. So you're wrestling with the letter of the law? I don't have the microphone can't pick up. Yeah, I don't I I don't have an answer for that. It's agonizing. Again, I'm not saying I'm not necessarily arguing one position or the other. It it honestly was more of a question. Argue something so we can interact. I mean, I don't I think it's inevitable in in two thousand years that that things would have morphed into a way that's not totally consistent with the message. That's fair, but it's also the truth, too, where like God's word is eternal. So let's kind of back away from you as you're formulating your ideas. Um, but, I mean, so this is something where, you know, maybe the average person, you know, that comes to Mass or the casual Catholic or otherwise, too, really not practicing, you may hear similar kinds of comments. I mean, well, I don't really need to go to church to have a relationship with God. Don't eat meat on Friday and Lent. Mm-hmm. Before it was don't eat meat on Friday, ever, and it was well maybe just during Lent. Mm-hmm. It, is that just a rule? That yeah. I mean, at some level, yes, it is just a rule. Uh, it is not something that Christ instituted. But uh, the no eating meat on Fridays ever was instituted centuries, over a thousand years ago, uh, by the church, because every Friday is a commemoration of Good Friday. So on every Friday, we remember that our Lord died for our sins. And so we do an act of penance for that. So making one universal law was the easiest way to do that. And remember, we're dealing in society that was largely illiterate. So simple, to the point, everybody can follow it. Uh, It's not going to cost anybody anything to not eat meat on Friday. Very simple rule. In the 70s, they changed it uh, because we have a very literate population. Uh, You still, on every Friday, if you choose to eat meat, you are to do another act of penance. Stop. Reminded me of that. I covered <laughs> earlier. I did not know that until recently. And, th- and this is healthy Catholic guilt, Tom. So this is <laughs> <right>. so. <clears throat> so on the one hand, you can say, 
that's a law made up by men in the church and uh, is not from Christ, but it's directed to our salvation because it's directing our hearts and minds to remember that we are sinners and Christ died for us. So there is a great example of the marriage of the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And I mean, both are good, but they're stronger when they're balanced and integrated together. Because otherwise, I mean, the argument is these are just kind of empty, hollow rules, you know, and that's partly, I think, what Jesus is saying, you know, people have this image of Jesus of a lot of things. And some of it is like, you know, the, the nice social worker walking around with like a terry cloth robe and talking to people and how you do and drinking a cup of coffee. Terry, I've never pictured Jesus. Uh, I think it's, it's softer than the hippie. A, a, like a, a manger scene? And, <laughs> and, with Spider-Man? Everybody wore terry cloth bathrooms <laughs> in ancient Israel. Well, exactly. So that part of where those two coming together, where if it's just a letter of the law, Jesus saying you're a den of vipers. I mean, that's not warm terry cloth Jesus. But it is something where what he's orienting is not just the letter law to the spirit of law. He's not saying that one is exclusive or more significant or prominent over the other. I think a lot of Catholics now argue where the, the spirit of law, whatever we kind of will that to be, is the dominant force. That's really the most important focus right. that we have. And some of that is, I mean, the argument is that the letter law is like a historical aspect. It's zeitgeist. Um, sorry, that wasn't as good as persecutory anxiety, but <clears throat> still this sense of where the culture kind of informed that as far as the church. And this is something where, you know, it just kind of moves on. There's a lot of arguments and a lot of rumblings about that now. But I mean, some of this has to be really where, you know, without the spirit of law, there isn't really any form. There, there's, it's really disordered right? because it's kind of, I'm okay, you're okay. Moralistic therapeutic deism. Wow, that's good. Write that down, Tom. Yeah. Get How close are we on time? Oh, we're good. Are, are we close, though? No. I was getting ready to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> he's bored with his own topic. He gets one good idea a day, and he's about to go ahead and use it. So <clears throat> that's the part I think that's so tough. It's kind of where when I ask about your wife and your kids and having, you know, like laws unspoken or spoken. You know, what I tell sometimes, you know, with patients when they talk about uh, their kids and struggles with that and like what they want, because kids, what they want, they want, and, you know, adults do to some degree. But I'll say something where, I mean, with this kind of mentality of like overly gratifying, and and they love their kids, right? They mean well. But it's like they say, you know, Dad, I don't have enough room to play basketball. And you say, well, just take the basketball, go down to the state road down there and play there, you know, and it'll be fine. They get what they want because they get more room to play. You wouldn't do that because they would be seriously injured or worse. No, I, but I would take the other side. You know, when I was a kid, I would be very frustrated. The Why? Well, because I'm your dad and I said so. That wasn't reasonable to 10-year-old Tom. 46-year-old Tom thinks that's a perfectly reasonable <laughs> response. The, the, the problem is... Is that rule justifiable? So you're saying really the issue is the rules of your father, not the rules of the church. That's where it's getting passed. Right. No, so let's, let's talk about your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Tom, I think there people don't want to put in the effort. The church has written books and books and books about its rules. 
the ter- people te- typically don't want to put in the effort to say, oh, I've got to look this up. Uh, and I will, I'll tell you the other thing that people come up to me all the time and tell me, why does the church say this? Or why is this a rule? And I'm like, that's not a rule. Like, maybe that's what your mom said, or maybe Sister Agnes, your grade school principal said it. But as far as I know, that's never been a rule. Like to don't use your teeth on the Eucharist. Right, right. The church has never said not to chew the host when you receive it. Uh, So there's lots of misunderstandings that people just decide like, oh, that's stupid. I'm not going to follow it rather than look up what the church actually says and why. I think that's an excellent point. And here, this may bring you back into it, Tom, of where... That's a part of where we as human beings, I think inherently, don't like to be told what to do. Right. And some of our nature, and for a lot of reasons, you know, I can't explain, Father Peter could, but, um, you know, why that is, the simplest way I can say it is the fall, the original sin. But it's something where we want to do what resonates with us and what feels good. So I think it is something where in that regard, it's more of the the emotion is the reaction, and, and emotions you know are fine. I mean, emotions you know in a psychological sense are biologically based. It's what God gave us to be able to respond, and a lot of that is very like neurological. I think you know we're kind of wired with certain kinds of emotions, which is you know anger and fear and surprise, disgust, and so on. I think our feelings are different. I think our feelings are much more subjective. So if Father Peter and I were talking, I say, hey, Father Peter, I want to tell you, the only way you can feel happy is if you eat vanilla ice cream. He's like, John, you're crazy. Chocolate's the only thing there is in the world. Well, I mean. Or if you say something absurd, like you two is the greatest rock band. (laughs) Well, I mean, then there we go. So to that point, it's kind of where then how do I prove to Father Peter that vanilla is superior over chocolate? Well, I mean, the truth, going to be more objective, is ice cream is good. Right. My, my, so, I mean, that's the difference of emotions versus feelings. So my argument is that emotions or feelings, we can have reactions to rules. And I think the, the tough thing about that, and this is the, the humble part of it is, do we take that to God? Do we look within and kind of say, where, where, where are these feelings or emotions coming from? Feelings are not facts. Feelings actually add color. To experience. And I think sometimes, and, and historically now, I think this is a dominant you know, way of living or school of thought. The belief is feelings are facts. I mean, vanilla is it, or chocolate is it, or so on too. And that part of it where what we're actually struggling with is really deeper concerns of control, opposition, dominance. And that's kind of quickly a knee-jerk reaction where I can't look at really what is the intent That's right. to look this up. Or it's something where I don't like to be told what to do. I know what's best. That makes it really tough. But now what you got to say? Uh, again, it was a question. No more church than <laughs> the Holy Mattress? You have was, to go to Mass this Sunday? It was not a statement of conviction. It was a question. And we got we got the Sunday obligation, and then we got Lent starting in a month. So you're going to have some rules. So I guess wrapping this up, Jesus is here today. I don't think he's going to say you den of vipers. 
but with, to us to this group. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> but but do you think is there a chance she's like guys some of these rules? I thought about that a fair amount, and I don't know if this is the correct answer, but this is at least my experience. So I like sports. I mean, you know, so this is one way that I kind of think about it. If to the best of our ability, us being the church, the universal Catholic church, and, you know, we don't, we, as far as at least Tom and I, I mean, Father Peter talks to the big leagues in Rome, of course, but I mean, we don't actually make the rules, so to speak. So, but if you imagine when you die and you go and you talk to Jesus and, you know, in this terry cloth robe and give him a hug, um, part of that I would have to think of where he would say, yeah, I mean, if you see, you ask him all these really good questions, like, yeah, this was really good. We could have had more of this. Yeah, this was a little bit further out. We kind of missed the market. But, but I think what we are going to be held to is that what are we doing with that which was given to us through Jesus to the church? And that part of where even if we're wrong and we follow the rules, so to speak, and still try and seek what is right and good, does Jesus see that? I would say yes. You're right back at show up and don't be a jerk. Now, I think it's actually saying the letter and the spirit, both of those coming together. I see that what you did and you live by, you live because of spirit, you hoped and believed it was good, and you did the best that you could too. We don't have enough time to get into faith versus ethics. Well, that's another another episode. So, I mean, that part of it's kind of where I, I just can't imagine talking to our Lord or St. Peter remember and say, yeah, well, let me kind of set this straight. And this is the way that it is. I think it's also important to remember that we believe that our Lord gave the church authority to make rules to regulate the communal life as necessary. And so he might get on us and say, you you went a little too far here or there, but the regulation of the community is the task that he set before us. Well, and he did that a little bit like when he talked about Moses and divorce, right? Right. right. Like, well, Moses only did that because you stiff-necked people. Right. I, I really so it. so you're agreeing with me that it's unreasonable to think that he wouldn't show up today and be like some of these rules. I'm agreeing with you to just get you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that maybe the last thought is that the rules are really the guardrails of the road. I think that there, there's really two things to that. Are we staying on the road? And it's kind of where if you're, you know, most highways have three, five, six lanes. Two things, if you're staying on the road in some lane, you're going the right direction, you're probably going to be okay. But I think that the rules actually orient you to where you need to go. It's not that you stop on the road to look at the guardrails and study that because they're there for you. I think it's really the direction where, you know, you're being led. I'm sorry. Tom, are you satisfied or are you still? uh... Just food for thought. I want to thank all of you for being with us today for the Catholic Gen X podcast. We promise this is the last time we'll let Tom pick the topic. (laughs) Please don't send me a nasty uh, Western mail. Thanks, everybody. See ya.